Brittany, breaking news. Have you heard oh, no. that Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has been arrested for wire fraud? What? That's- I feel like that's not the first time that's maybe happened on the house. This is a big one. This is a, this is a bigger crime than, uh, we have seen tax evasion from the real housewives of New Jersey where Teresa went to prison for like 10 months, but, um, these shows have everything. I mean, the real housewives of Dallas, they just went Bigfoot hunting in Oklahoma. Um, in the real housewives of New Jersey, they're going to, uh, outdoor backyard, uh, like barbecues and they're saying talking about covid restrictions but there's like 80 people there without masks it's uh, horrible that's great um that's yeah and jen shaw <laughs> and here's the the good news about jen shaw getting arrested by the mm-hmm. fbi is they were allegedly filming it when it happened like she was like she looked at production she's like i just got this message i have to leave and she and her glam squad got in the car and they left and then like 10 minutes later the fbi showed up and we're like we're looking for jen shaw and bravo was like she left. She said she like heard the FBI was coming and bounced, but they like got it on ca- fingers crossed. It's all on camera. <laughs> and then the husband, That's the fun. husband of Real Housewife Erica Jane, um, mm-hmm. is a lawyer who stole a bunch of stuff from his clients, and that's gonna all fall off. Danny, th- this it's real drama. It's real. I'm gonna stop talking about the. Real okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and introduce the show. We'll get too carried away with that's Housewives. That's true. Good morning. I mean, you'll get too carried away. There's so go much. Ahead. Good afternoon. Okay. <laughs> and it's there's always like two on at the same time. Good evening. Um, the next one to premiere is uh, New York is coming back. Real Housewives of New York. And good night. Welcome to the Poptimist. <laughs> I am Billy McCartney. That's my sister, Dagny McCartney. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I, mean, I didn't even get to say my own name today. I, I, you, I'm, given I'm up? just sprinting towards this opening. I don't even know what's happening. I, I also find it hilarious that you and I have been talking for like 30 minutes as we set up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, how are you today? Like I didn't ask before. You really didn't. You asked if my car was okay because I had to get my tires replaced. And so I was late. I pushed back this whole episode today. That was That's on me. Dagny coming in with the hot but, details. Taxes last time. Yeah. This time we're talking about car <laughs> flat tires. The people want to know, Billy. These are, <laughs> this is what everybody's most invested in. Who cares about pop culture? Oh, you know what we have to talk about real quick? This is a, this is a corrections oh. corner. In our last episode okay. with the beautiful Dylan Horner. I talked, because we talked about DC Comics for a little bit, I talked all excitedly about Ava DuVernay's New Gods adaptation. And from the time it took for us to record that episode, before it went to air, Warner Brothers canceled the movie. Oh boy. So it was incorrect. (laughs) It was not incorrect when we recorded, but it was incorrect when it came out. I'm sorry to get everyone's hopes up. I hope the script gets published one day, because I think it would be very Mm -hmm. cool. But yeah, we're not... The thing in the DC universe that I was most excited about is no longer happening. That's a shame. It is. I haven't watched Falcon and this is Marvel, but I just remember Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's what yeah. it's called, right? Yeah. Yes. I heard I need to start watching it because people were like, eh, it's okay. And then I guess the most recent episode, it was like, hell yeah, Apparently. this is like WandaVision exciting now. And, well, it's only six episodes. So and and so four oh, episodes nice. are out. So I think the boyfriend and I are going to get back on it because we're two episodes behind. But yeah, I mean, nice. I, I talked about it before, but it's like for me, WandaVision was magic and ultimate mm-hmm. realities and Wanda. And now I'm just like, all right, we're in like soldier stuff. Cool. But yeah. it's still fun. It's just not, it's not the part of Marvel that I'm obsessed with. The witchy fun stuff. Yeah, I, I like That's magic cool. and I like cosmic, baby. Yeah. Um, Billy, do you want me to talk about my thing or do you want to go? Yeah, mine's going to be really short. So why don't you go? Why don't you go ahead? Great. Mine's going to be a little long. I have, (laughs) I actually made notes and research for I like your Um, notepad. 
Oh my god, we both have the legally blonde. School. You can bleep that if I'm not allowed. Yeah, to I say probably it. shouldn't have the um, high school my boyfriend's employed at listed at the on the thing. But yes, they did legally blonde last year, and they made notepads. That now Dagny and I use them. Uh, yeah, I have too many because I said I like them and gave me twenty. Um, so my thing, uh, I finally watched a movie that came out, I believe, 2011 that I've seen clips from probably since at the time it came out, but I've never sat down and watched the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my boyfriend's favorite movies, and it's very, very good. It's called The Raid. Have you seen The Raid? Yes, I have seen The Raid. Okay, I had a feeling. I've seen, because when I did stage combat stuff, which I still love, but we, like, studied several scenes from The Raid, and I just had never sat down and watched Mm -hmm. it sequentially and seen the whole thing. That's The Raid colon Redemption. That's the full title, right? Yes, yes, And it's from (laughs) Indonesia. Yes. I know this. I've seen this Uh, movie. It is indeed. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really um, is. To give a, it's it, and it's such a simple plot, like such a simple story, and it's just done so well. And my boyfriend was breaking down like how the cinematography is also incredible, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even thinking about it. There's a scene where they like jump through, uh, they hit with an axe and built make a hole in the ground, and it's a one shot of a camera that goes into the ground and comes back out, uh, and just the also the creativity of the deaths in this movie, <laughs> but essentially. It takes place in, uh, I think, like a 20-story apartment building is what it's supposed to be. In real life, it was like 14 stories, but movie magic. Um, (laughs) But it's like a a crime-slash-landlord is running this building, and then there's a raid that we think is official, and then it's kind of like, we find out maybe it's more corrupt. I don't want to spoil the whole... It's not a big... But The plot isn't intricate, but but (laughs) there is a reveal. that there's police officers raiding this apartment building to get to the top to stop the drug lord slash criminal slash landlord on the top floor. Yeah, Um, but once the crime lord on the top floor gets wind that these cops have shown up, he essentially makes an announcement that's like, you get to live here rent free if you kill these cops. Um, And so it just turns into a bloodbath. And it's essentially 90 minutes of just incredible martial arts fighting and some of the most creative, incredible hand-to-hand combat. And, and like found weapons. It's just so good. And I was very stressed at times because there were scenes that I hadn't seen where they were like hiding behind a wall yeah. and you're just like on the edge of your seat. Um, but the what I wanted to talk about, because the movie, it's great. My favorite, I will say my favorite death um, is probably the most simple. A guy falls through the hole in the floor and they just kick him and he flies out the window. <laughs> and that's the whole, it's in a sequence of a lot of deaths and it's just a cut and he's like, kicks him out the window um it's so good i laughed out loud it's, it was brutal but i did i laughed i was like that it was i remember so good. isn't there one where he like kills a guy on a door frame they like break the door frame and there's like a piece of wood sticking up from the ground and he like yes that one and he like breaks his neck over this is a very violent audience that was that that's was a great one. he like breaks his neck over the door frame as he like hammer whatever that yeah. fucking suplex move um, is yeah that was one of the that was one of my other highlights yes. but I don't know if you know this, Billy, but the two, not two main characters, the main character, which I believe his name is Rama or Rama is the main mm-hmm. character. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Anyway, he's great. And then the guy that plays Mad Dog, he's short and he fights like a maniac. Yes. He's incredible. And he cannot die. <laughs> uh, it takes so long for them to kill him. Um, he just keeps fighting. Uh, but they were in Star Wars. Which Force Awakens. And it was a huge, it was like, everybody was hyped for them to be in it. Because we were like, we're going to get a sick ass fight scene. It's going to be incredible. I'm mad now. And I was looking up research before because I was like, okay, they're Force Awakens. Are they the sheriff that Uh, got cut? No. 
They, I was looking it up and there's article after article after article of um, missed opportunity. You didn't use these. Like it, what happens? It's when they're on. I wrote the name down. Uh, or Irvana. It's towards the beginning of Force Awakens. And it's when they're when Harrison Ford is ambushed. And they're they, they're the people they're on like the ship through the, yeah, the ship with the giant tentacle monster on it. They're, yes. So the giant tentacle monster, they are one of the like gangs that come, come up and Han Solo. gang up on. Yeah. So Han Solo, and then the squid is released and they get eaten by the squid. There is no fighting. They don't use them at all. They're just there. And they have one line and they're in one scene, a couple shots. They look fantastic. Um, but, oh, I think we might have lost Billy. Hold on. And we're yes, back. That. Wow. Making a long distance podcast sure does have technical issues. That's a yeah, lot of fun. But basically, I was just saying, um, in general, the the fans of the raid and then these char- these two, not two characters, these two actors specifically were severely disappointed because they were insanely underused in Force Awakens. And I would have loved to see after watching the raid. Also, I was I would have loved to see them fight even just a little bit. But they just get eaten by yeah. the giant squid. <sighs> Well, you know, maybe maybe the Force Awakens squandered that opportunity, but I really think they made a comeback <laughs> with the Last Jedi, and then they definitely would never ever squander any of uh-huh. their potential ever again. This is a show about optimism, which means we'll just never acknowledge Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah. Wow! But I do. I love the raid. <laughs> I love the and it's just it's a, a little plug for me. It's literally just an action movie. It like oh, yeah. starts the main character like kisses his wife goodbye, gets in the police van goes to the apartment building, they establish the bad guy, and then the fighting yes. starts, and it's like 90 minutes yep. of fighting. I did, Great. I was watching it uh, at my boyfriend's, and they have a projector, and the first bit of violence is just a shit ton of guns, and it's in a completely dark oh, yeah. room, so because it was essentially a strobe effect, he was like, okay, put your face into the couch, I'll tell you when this one part is done. The rest of the movie, no strobe effects, but this could injure you. <laughs> um, That's but hilarious. It, that's an epilepsy joke for the an kids at home. Joke. That was an epilepsy <laughs> joke for, yes, for yes, Dagny. Yes. Um, so anyway, highly, I mean, if you haven't seen it, find a way. It's just a fun time. And there's sequels too. There's two, there's at least one, maybe two it's sequels. Just, and I've seen a little bit of the second, second one. one. There's, I've only seen clips, but there is an incredible car chase I've watched in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only downfall, my boyfriend says, is that it is, I think, two and a half hours. It's like two hours long. It's really long. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was kind of the the passion project because the, the director wanted to make like a prison uh, action movie where it's essentially the raid concept where they're all stuck in one area and they're fighting, but he wanted to be set in a prison. And that's what he got in mm-hmm. the second movie uh and really ran with it he took his time and put it so much fighting well i mean yeah the first one was such a success you can just take that budget and go Uh, okay anyway that mine was a little long but what is what was your thing this week actually yeah it's just i'm i'm back on that dune train baby um i'm finally reading children of dune Mm -hmm. which is the third of seven dune novels um, I don't know if I'm going to read all of them because the way now that I understand how Dune works, the first three is a trilogy and the last three are a trilogy. And then book four connects the two mm-hmm. on this planet. Um, and then book seven was uh, uh, the author passed away. Frank Herbert passed away before he could finish it. So it's like his son took his notes and finished the last wow. one. And his son and his writing partner have done all of these Dune spinoff books, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But um uh, was very excited for the movie last year with Tim- Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong, um, <laughs> who I love. Uh, uh, um, 
Uh, and it got pushed. I think it's now this October or this December. And I, with the with vaccines rolling out the way they are, I think we'll get to see it yes, in it theaters. Does. But yeah, I um, I just want to say I liked the first Dune. I really enjoyed it. I understand why it was important. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, Dune Messiah, the second one, was fun, but it's shorter and it's a lot of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with this one in a way I didn't expect. Like the it's it's weird that the most famous novel, Dune, is really just a setup for what is kind of culturally Lord of the Rings scale epic in nice. space. Um and the third book has been my favorite so far. I'll let you know when I finish, I'm only like a third into it, but it's like I really fucking <laughs> like it. Um so yeah, we'll see. Well, because the, the 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 weird thing about the movie coming up mm-hmm. is it's only the first half of the first book, and they're worried if it's only released on streaming, it won't make enough money to make the sequel, which is the uh, second book. But I think there might be a dream somewhere for them to do like the first trilogy, Dune, Dune Messiah, and Children uh-huh. of Dune, as like five or six movies, Ooh. and then finally have like a Dune epic film mm-hmm. franchise. We'll see, but it is it's. It's cool to see how culturally relevant Dune is. Yes. Um, I heard someone the other day just basically say uh, Dune is more important to pop culture and sci-fi than Star Wars, just because even Star Wars lifts ideas and concepts from Dune and was influenced by it. And it's like, yeah, it is It is the sci-fi Lord of the oh. Rings. And I feel that now more than ever. It's very cool. So. I know um, very little about that's it. That's right. Read this book. Read this book that is 65, 70 years old. Read <laughs> Dune. That's the recommendation. Um, cool. cool. Hey, after these technical issues on on our guests end, and then on my end, I feel like we should get our guests on the show before this whole thing crashes and burns. <laughs> Billy, um, you, sh- you go ahead and introduce. Take take it away. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this fine this fine young lad, a very good friend of mine. We used to be roommates. Now we are city mates because everyone lives in the valley like nerds, but we live on the other side like cool people, even though we're like 20 minutes <laughs> Um You know him. You love him. He is the star of Asylum Films, Triassic Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing already. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. The sniper in that dinosaur movie, it's Kevin Keeling. Hey, everybody. Oh my gosh! Current... Oh, I should have. I meant to say our number yeah, one. Say, number one. one. Look, I was gonna say it anyway. That was like gonna. Have... <laughs> I will say though, I really feel like they got the casting of "Call Me by Your Name" right with Timothy Shalala Ding Dong and Army Hammer. I mean, what a power couple! That wow. like, the right? it kind of just writes itself. It, I mean, honestly, and I hope, I hope everyone. Um, I hope that we do get a Call Me By Your Name yeah. sequel uh, uh, because they didn't do the last chapter in the book where like 20 years go by. And hopefully 20 years from now, um, we'll just be okay with the fact that Army Hammer has like a cannibal. Yeah, maybe fetish. they can work and it like, in. Maybe he went too yeah. far with it. He just went too far with it with a stranger, yeah. but he can reel it back. You know, everyone's got exactly. their thing. Exactly. And, you know, and then we can see, yeah. you know, Timothy Chalamet share a peach with a cannibal. All right. Cute. What a lovely introduction. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, before like we like get into it, I did mm-hmm. want to spend a second to gush about your podcast. It's no secret that I've Happen. listened to every single episode. Now, a little context behind this. As you guys know, once the whole lockdown started, um, the kiddo went into Zoom school at home. A year later, we're still basically in the same place. So between the hours of 8 a.m., and 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'm basically not allowed in the house. 
It's not. It's 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 not really a Maddie thing. It's become like a Levi thing, where anytime he hears me like trying to cook eggs or something or make like a smoothie, I get screamed at, and like I'm clearly affecting his learning. Um, so unlike a lot of people that got to consume a lot of television and movies over the last year, like I really kind of got stuck with podcasts. Um, so like anytime like I'm you know not working or not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the dog or, you know, running errands or seeing clients, like I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and I got to say like, you know, the reason I, but aside from the fact that, you know, I love what you guys talk about. I love what all the guests bring in um, and just the pop culture references, just kind of anyway from like, you know, the, the really known ones like Michael Bay, Catwoman to like the obscure <laughs> ones like fucking Digimon. Oh my God. That episode well, haunts there. my dreams. I've had, and- I had, I, I just I just met up with a, a friend of mine who's been listening to the show that I haven't seen in a while, and he really likes the show. But when I saw him, he got to the he got home from the airport, and he was just like he was like, "Man, he's like I'm on that Digimon episode," and I don't know. I was like, "You have to meet there. <laughs> you really you have do. To. Like, you it's really just... do. I mean, I wonder what people think of Bear just from that being their first impression of him. I'm really I'm really <laughs> curious. <laughs> like, does that guy need a hug? Do we need to watch out? <laughs> this, this guy, like the coolest dude ever. Like it could be any one of those. All things. of the above. It's, I, it's um, yeah. All but of basically, the above. like it's also cool. Like you know, and as cheesy as it sounds, I just I miss you guys. I miss friends, yeah. and it's just cool. You know, getting yeah. to hear uh, Lauren and Bear and Hunter and Dylan and Nina and mm-hmm. just have. Brie, bro, Brolo, what did, what did that dude call her? What was, I, how, Ron, Ron, that's so much better. I was, uh, yeah, I, I had heard that, hilarious? that. That killed me. Um, and, and, and before before we go further, I uh, I was listening to, to Hunter's episode for the first time mm-hmm. yesterday. The hit, and, yes. um, the hit yeah, man I, episode. I actually, I wrote something down because I was in a similar state of mind that I'm sure Hunter was when he was watching the Hitman movie. <laughs> And you guys broke <laughs> you guys broke down the, the Hitman movie Existential Crisis. I put in time codes because there's a good like minute and a half where I was crying. I was hyperventilating because like I knew exactly what was going through his mind while and it's as you guys know, it's the part where Hitman is running through the hotel or whatever, and he sees the kids playing his video game, and mm-hmm. just the questions yes. that that brings up in this universe. <laughs> yes. And then just when Hunter made the turn to go from, like, it would have been a better decision for Hitman to look at the TV and go, like, wait, who is this? What am I? <laughs> you guys have to, I'm not doing it any justice, but for anyone listening right now, the time code, just go to Hunter Kennedy's episode, King of Smart Mountain. Uh, 56 minutes in and 47 seconds to 58 minutes and nine seconds i it's a treat it's a treat if you've had you know something to drink or if you're just outside inhaling some california air Uh, i should um i should make little like instagram posts that have the audio over them of just like dude i almost and this would have been like too far and it would have made bear even more mad than this is probably making him just me like compliment the show because he hates (laughs) when i'm nice about anything which is kind of why i do it um but i almost was gonna like put together like a top 10 like hits for you guys and just make popped in this my topic today but i was like like this fangirl like that hard over it 
but no, I think I you guys know. are awesome. And I think it's such a good show and it's very entertaining. And I like how the episodes have kind of like gotten longer and longer. Like, it's just fun. Like if Joe Rogan can go for like four hours, you guys can fucking go for like an hour and a half and talk about, yep. you know, that. Who? Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Oh, oh. Um, you know that? Never I've never heard of him. What's the who's <laughs> this guy? That's, there's a video on YouTube where they have they've um, combined like you know numerous Joe Rogan episodes, but they've just made him the guest. So it's called Joe Rogan meets Rojogan, and it's just him <laughs> talking to himself about like chimpanzees for 20 minutes. And the best part is, it sounds exactly like a Joe Rogan podcast. Like him just talking about like. Doing DMT and like how a chimpanzee can rip a man's face off, and it's just like him going like, oh, it's, "You gotta listen to it." It, it, it ruined so, it ruined him for me. That's uh, I mean that's not hard. To do. I have this I have this joke that's just basically um, if you're at a bar with a straight boy, how do you trigger a straight boy in three words? Who's Joe Rogan? Like that's it. That's the, that's that's the pretty words. much perfect. And then and then shortly after that, someone else on TikTok was basically making the same joke I was. But it's this girl, it's my one of my favorite TikToks, it's just her face. Mm -hmm. And slowly over the course of the TikTok, she goes from smiling to she literally makes herself like straight faced cry. Like she's looking <laughs> directly at the camera and she gets like two tears coming down her face. And the background music, I'm sorry I'm describing this to everyone, I'll post it. <laughs> yeah. The background music is the, like the really scary Inception soundtrack. It's a, Inception or Interstellar. Mm -hmm. And over the course of her going from like chill to crying, it's like she meets a boy in a bar and it's like what he's saying. He's like, oh, you listen to podcasts? I've got this one. It's You probably have never heard of it. It's really obscure. But he's like, he's just saying everything that needs to be said right now, you know? <laughs> and right as the tears start going down her face, the Inception music goes, boom. And he says, it's called the Joe Rogan experience. And she just like cries. It's <laughs> funny it's oh, it's funnier than any joke i could ever make about joe Rogan. Gotta, i was so mad i was like this is it. that's have to the joke that to me after this i will it's, it's amazing oh my gosh oh my gosh so kevin is the thing you brought in today is joe rogan obviously i would end the show everything he says is gospel and if you don't believe it <laughs> you can get out um all right are you guys ready for this like because here's yes, the thing I'm like so ready. i was waiting for my call to be on the Poptimus podcast for a good <laughs> three years. And it, it, when, when, it, when it didn't come, my, I started second guessing every topic that had come to mind over the last however long. Um, and like I've had three people, like my sister was like, so how are you going to work Lord of the Rings into Poptimus? <laughs> Make it up. Dylan said the same thing. It's like, yeah, of course, because everybody who knows me knows that those are just like, you know, my thing mm -hmm. and like you know more than anything else so uh, we're not going to talk about lord of the rings because even though like i do think like the trilogy as a whole i'm worried about like the the future of it and like kids mm -hmm. kind of finding like the investment that we had in it just because of the length of the movies and that it's not broken into like you know 10 episodes on mm -hmm. netflix or whatever maybe down the line they should rethink of doing that because it's hard to get like a kid to watch a three, four hour movie. I just don't know if people have the attention span for it. And I hope, I hope those don't just get kind of lost, but I also, I don't think so. I, hope, I really yeah. don't think they will. I don't, I don't think Kevin so. is the, is, is the gag of the episode that you read the Silmarillion just to come on the show? Dude, Cause that would be hilarious. I need to, I'm a horrible like, Tolkien fan. The fact that I haven't read that. I know you're rereading the books right now. Which, I know I'm reading them for the first oh, time. Okay, I never got to, yeah. So is, I'm yeah. on two towers. Nice. I just got to Gandalf, the, the, 
great. Yeah, so I have Gandalf the White. Like smug piece oh, of shit, Gandalf. I'm excited to hear what you think of Helm's Deep because it's actually very different than the movie. Yes, um, I know. I'm, I'm getting yeah. there. But you know what? I'm taking a break from Lord of the Rings to read Dune because I like yeah. putting these two massive franchises into my brain at the same time like an idiot. That'll help. That'll make you sleep really <laughs> yeah. well at night. It's like, it's like, all right, and the Ents are related to the Bene Gesserit and the Chom Agency comes to Arrakis with the Elves. Hold on. What's happening? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, look, my topic's kind of insane. And uh, and I'm so glad. Like, I, I was second-guessing myself coming into this because I spent, like, three hours last night re-watching this and coming up with notes. Um, <laughs> me and Billy have a very interesting relationship with this movie. And he has, like, because we couldn't have been more divisive about it, like, when it first came out. And as soon as you guys like brought it up in the beginning, I was like, okay, I made the right choice. No, we're, I'm we're so excited about a little movie, pro- possibly the most polarizing one billion three hundred like dollar movie Kevin. ever made. Um, came out in 2017, opening weekend of two hundred twenty million dollars. It's Ryan Johnson's Star Wars Episode Eight: Star Wars? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Billy, okay, I'm- so. I'm so I know excited. you are. I know you are. And Dagny, I love this movie first, so much. First, I want I want to ask Dagny because mm-hmm. I, I have to I have to know what her relationship with this movie is. I obviously know yours, and I don't want to spend the next hour or whatever just like you know us having possibly the nerdiest <laughs> conversation that I've ever had. Yeah. I want to make sure that Dagny is at least in the know, has opinions about it. What do you think? We actually saw yeah. we actually saw this together, okay. Dagny and I. What, what was your initial yeah. response, Dagny? For Last Jedi, yeah. I loved it. I really like, wow. oh, okay, so I do this podcast called Poptimist, which means I'm a very optimistic person. Sure. Um, and Star Wars in general, Billy may come over and kill me, but there's not really one that I don't like because mm-hmm. I, I, in my brain, it's just made for fun. It's made to be just an action adventure film you're watching because in I'm like, it's was made for kids essentially it's just supposed yeah. to be a fun time mm-hmm. they're in space don't take it too seriously <laughs> now i do have my qualms with the last one the most recent one of the course one that must not be named um yeah. but, it, it, it can't be on uh, this show there's no way to pop to miss we'll it. touch no. it very briefly right, yeah. I, yeah yeah I we'll stay away from it for a while that one um I feel like it got very story heavy because they were trying to cater to the little Reddit boys, I think, mm-hmm. um, just a, a wee bit. And so it it lost some of the fun for me because it became, I got distracted with how hard they were trying to push the whole romance. And, All of it. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my favorite, but again, I was there to have a good time. I don't mm-hmm. really go into Star Wars movies with high, super high expectations of being like, this is going to be a masterpiece. It's going to blow me away. That being said, Last Jedi was beautiful. I loved it, especially the la- like the with the sand, the and the red wherever. I'm very bad about remembering Great. names. Yeah. yeah. Um beautiful like just in general it was a beautiful movie. Um and I mm-hmm. personally I love Ray as a character. I I really like all the characters in the new trilogy. Sure. Um, I don't have any qualms, so I really I'm also a fan of the la- of yeah, the last Jedi. Great. It's great. Billy, why don't you tell the people what your first impression was? <laughs> so for me, for me, I really liked The Force Awakens. It didn't like blow my mind, you know. But I so I've liked Star Wars ever since I was a kid. I think one of the one of the first like presents I remember where it was like a spontaneous gift mm-hmm. was I came home from school one day and dad was like, Hey, go to the bedroom, go to your bedroom, go see what's why don't you go check out your bedroom? And on my bed was the like black and gold VHS set with Darth Vader's face on it of four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. A New Hope, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. 
And I had seen, I think, I think I saw them in theaters for the 20th anniversary, which would have been in the 90s-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I saw a couple Star Wars movies and that was when George Lucas first started to like rejigger them, give them new edits and new special effects. <laughs> but so I saw the original and then um, I liked it. So um, obviously when one, two and three came out, I was hyped. And uh, uh, I remember, I remember episode one because we went to see it for my birthday. We went to see Phantom Menace. And Dagny, do you remember this? But right before we got to the Darth Maul fight, the film melted. What? Yeah. Oh my god. So we were like, that. we were, we were, yeah. So we were in the theater, and then they're getting to like one of the last um, no. council scenes, one of the last Senate scenes. <laughs> no. So there's like 45 minutes left in the movie, maybe like 30 minutes. Yeah. And the film start because it was 1999. Mm-hmm. The film started to get off, so you could like see the the film not being straight. So it was like a little too high, and then the the frame was down below. And then as they were like oh, going no. to Naboo and the Gungans were setting up for the war Ooh. and like Amadala is talking to Jar Jar and she's like, you're going to set up over there and we're going to do like literally the, we saw the camera melt. They like turned orange and went, oh my God. Oh, no. Um, I just really like the story. And so that. then like, yeah, movie theater management came in and they were like, we are going to refund your tickets. You can come back another time or there's a move. There's a, a, a movie that's uh, 45 minutes behind you, just like three theaters down. Sure. We were like, we'll go there. So yeah. we like snuck in, nice. saw this, saw this one part like twice, and saw it. Nice. Um, and I was young enough too that we're like, I wasn't like a crazy Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. you know, because I was eight. I just liked Star Wars, and so I didn't get any of that like prequel negativity yeah. that was around. I didn't really understand I that liked the until when I watched. Them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I didn't understand that until the third one came out where I think I was just old enough to be like a tiny bit disappointed. But also that was the first time I realized that our parents had seen Star Wars in the 70s and 80s Mm. when it came out. And we walked out of episode three and they were disappointed. Uh That's what I remember was them not really having an opinion on one and two. But I, I distinctly remember my mom going all this time and he becomes Darth Vader because of that. Like that was I do remember that. Yeah. Like like that was where I was like, huh. Um, and so I never really because I didn't like fall in love with the prequels, I was never like Star Wars. I just liked it. I liked it, but I was never like insane. And then I got really hyped for The Force Awakens for some reason. I think just because Marvel had had such a good run after Disney took over, and I was like, well, here's Disney doing Star Wars, let's just have fun with it. And then it was fine. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the best thing about it was the new trio, I think. Um, and uh 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 leia um but that's just me always i'm always here for leia all the time and then rise of skywalker came out rise of skywalker sorry the last jedi came out (laughs) the one that must not be and i walked out of that theater blown away and i think what it was was none of the prequels really surprised me even as a kid they were like action movies it was fun stuff but it wasn't like it didn't like subvert expectations. It didn't like, I just liked them. And, and nothing, nothing really hit me like the original trilogy did, except for the last Jedi yeah. Yeah. where I, I felt like there are story risks that were taken. There are character risks that were taken. Um, and, and so overall I found the whole thing compelling and I walked out of the theater just like everyone's going to feel this way. Mm. <laughs> Everyone who sees this movie is going to think what I think, which is, wow, what an unexpected, surprising, phenomenal film. And then what happened is a lot of people our age and your age, Kevin, I mean, we're like two years apart, mm-hmm. but you know, were like, how did they do this to my boy Luke? What a piece of shit film. And I was shocked by that. 
And I think because it shocked me so much, it's why I got so invested in The Last Jedi overall. I was like, like, I don't think I cared this much until I saw the backlash. And then I was like, what movie did they see? And I like, (laughs) really, then I got even more into it because of that. I was like, I'm going to go see it again. And then I was like, no, it is great. It's great. Laura Dern's great. They're all great. I loved it. Okay. Well, Kevin, yeah, your feelings. My first impression. (laughs) I fucking hated it. Yeah, (laughs) I remember. I was furious. I was on that end of the Redditors of everyone our age. Everyone that you were just talking about, I was probably like at the top of like worst thing they could have ever done to this saga. Worst thing they could have ever done to my favorite, you know, fictional character, arguably of all time. Um, and yeah. I was furious. I was furious. I, I I came back from. I saw it with my sister. Um, I came back home. Natty greets me at the door. Was like biggest smile on her face. How was it? What'd you think? And like my face apparently was just giving off like. Darth Sidious, like, just got struck by his own lightning, yellow eyes, just like, my life is a lie, and I'm, I'm ruined. And so I went to bed but didn't sleep, you know? It was like, yeah, uh, it, it, it stuck with me. And look, I mean, I went to go see it the, the following night. because I love that you were, like, immediately, I, I'm going I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I had a similar thing after Han Solo died. Like, I was like, it took me a while to process that, and I went to go see Force Awakens, I believe, the next day as well. But it didn't hit me as hard because Han was amazing and one of my favorites. Yeah. But he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't Luke. He wasn't the savior of Star Wars. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't, well, he wasn't the Messiah. And, like, we're going to get – and I, I, I took so many notes. And, again, like, I don't want to spend, yeah. like, three hours talking. We definitely could. We could. And we'll see. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean – but here's, well, here's I do think, yeah, my, my initial response was very negative and I didn't like it. And everybody knows it was no secret. And a lot of people were very vocal and very loud about it. And it almost became like a thing like if you like The Last Jedi, there was something wrong with you. And um, I didn't agree. Then, I didn't agree with that. Like, I didn't like, you know, fault people for like, cause I had a lot of close friends like you and like Bear um, that did like it. Um yeah, and then we made it our crusade to get you to watch it. We'll get there, but well, to get you to watch it well, again with us. Well, here's the thing. A few things have happened, you know. Obviously, like, we've all grown older. We've lived through a pandemic, so we're all a little more beaten down by life. And I think the more beaten down by life you are, the more you understand that our heroes and our the people we look up to aren't these perfect, you know, symbols and icons that we, we make them out to be when we're younger. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, like, Ryan Johnson, and I'm going to get into to this point now. We're we're going to go into it later because it's it's my main point about like why you know what? Gosh, four years later, like let's just yeah. let that sink in for a bit. I was right, <laughs> almost four years ago. Holy shit! Um, but I think uh, why I think I do really enjoy it, and I watched it last night, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't. I, I wouldn't. Say, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I love it. I still do think the movie, you know, technically is probably twenty minutes too long. I don't think there's enough action. I think they could the, have put in the one. extra twenty minutes. I yeah. only felt good about like the first time I saw it. Yeah. When I watched it, like when I watched it at home, like on Netflix or on Disney Plus, I was like, yeah. "Ooh, we still yeah. got, we still got thirty minutes." Yeah. <laughs> and, but but I I couldn't you know deny like you know seeing it for the first time just how incredible it looks um and so the use of color is so good the reds with like the salt Mm -hmm. planet uh crate and then like snoke's throne room um it's just it's so good and explains the force in a way that 
is probably better explained than in any other Star Wars, you know, medium we, we've gotten. Because, what about the bugs? Uh, what about the little bugs? You mean the little, That's the little f- pigeons? No, 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 no. The little bugs in your blood that makes you a Jedi oh, every, every fucking time the Force I, comes I'm pretty up, my sure boyfriend that, brings up midichlorians. I'm pretty sure that's like why asshole. when you were watching The Phantom Menace when you were eight years old, it cut out because midichlorians broke <laughs> the movie theater. <laughs> broke the film. That, that was my initial thought. Um, but here, look, look I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rambling because I do want to get to this point. But basically, like, what I did is I, I just took notes. And like I said, I was I was we in a heightened research. state of mind. Like, yes. It, so they go on for a long time because it's like, a, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, wow, it's like, wow. It's like an eight Listeners, hour movie. It's a lot. It's a, it's, it's a lot of those. And, and look, well, I, I don't want to. Yeah. But before we get into that, though, Kevin, there's one thing I just want to talk to you about, like, conceptually about this, yeah. because. When, when the feedback started, I tried – or the negative feedback. I tried really hard to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and what I got to first was there, was there was obviously the sexism and the racism aspect of it. Where yeah. people were like, Laura Dern sucks. No, she doesn't. She's Laura fucking Dern. Right. They didn't like Kelly Marie Tran. They didn't like – you know, they didn't like all of these things um, um, that I really liked. Uh, uh, and I understood that. But then I was like, the, these other people still – don't like it. And yeah. it's not for that reason. It took me a very long time to understand that it's little boys being upset that Luke Skywalker isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I, I don't know if this is just cause I'm super duper gay, but maybe <laughs> I like, didn't have that like role model look up to Luke Skywalker <laughs> thing. I realize now in hindsight, I cared a whole bunch about princess Leia, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but I, I don't think I had that attachment and it was actually you when I finally, when I finally clicked that, what, what really fucked it up with for you was your relationship with Luke as an audience mm. member. Yeah. That finally made me understand why people disliked it outside. Well, of this, the, this, the this is great. Let's talk about Luke. Cause that obviously is the main point. Like, uh, mm-hmm. so a few things have happened since this movie came out that I do think have enhanced my viewing experience in relationship with the movie. Uh, yeah. Number one, Rise of Skywalker was objectively a horrible and much worse movie. <laughs> and I do think it's getting to the point where Last Jedi is obviously the best movie made in the new trilogy, without question. Yeah. From, from a story structure, from a filmmaking standpoint, from um, the acting, Mark Hamill's incredible yeah. in that movie. He, He's he, so fucking good. He, he never got to act that much as Luke before. He's no, very, never. very good. And it sucks that his performance was undercut by just the the hate of what like they did to his character. And I don't think that's fair to him. I don't think that's fair to Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And plus, speaking of Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson isn't the reason that Luke ended up the way he did. J.J. Abrams made that decision when he wanted to isolate yeah. him the entire first movie because the, the the image of luke being a perfect messiah like jesus character died the moment that the star killer base blew up five planets and he was nowhere to be found like if, G- yeah. if yeah. luke is really meant to be this like perfect hero who can just stop you know a death star with a force push then he would have done that and something like would have happened um, yeah. But he wasn't there. That's not Ryan Johnson's fault. That was Disney's fault. And look, here's the thing: like, if they were ever going to continue this story, you just had to assume that the happily ever after that you assumed happened after Return of the Jedi didn't happen. Why would you make a movie about a perfect happily ever after universe? Right. Like, if, if, right. The, if the Force was brought balance to and evil was just out of the question, they wouldn't need to make another movie. You would just assume that like Han and Leia ended up getting married, had kids, Luke started a new Jedi temple, and everything was like peaceful in the galaxy forever. The moment that they decided to make a new trilogy with the same characters was like oh 
Something it's not over yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's it's like things. It's it's weird that th- people like weren't upset with like Han and Leia in the Force Awakens, which that was my favorite choice. Right. Where it's like, of course he was a piece of yeah. shit, and they didn't stay together. Yeah. Yeah. Like of course, like of course Leia's just like, hey, fuckface, like welcome back. You're still the same. Yeah. Um, and that like that didn't right. irritate people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and and sidebar with the Messiah thing, massive Dune parallels uh, still, okay. just like over. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's the, the stuff that I, 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 my argument was at the time, which I think you came around to with, with the stuff that happens to Luke in the last Jedi is the most interesting thing they could have done. And it makes him more compelling as a character in this film. As much as like, I hate to say it like now, four years later, I do agree with you and I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm horrified for bear to hear this. Cause he's just going to shove my face in my own shit and say, look what you did. <laughs> a little jerk um, told um but here's the thing like uh, uh back to like what's happened since um you know well obviously i wanted to pick a movie that we could like you know have a long discussion about which mm-hmm. this was the obvious choice for that but i wanted to look at it through the poptimist goggle yes. so i looked yeah. at it very very like in favor of this movie and i still wrote down some things that i still don't agree that are like you know necessarily the right choices um it's still like you know has its flaws but also like you know if you're like me or at least you had the image of luke like i did and everybody else you got the epilogue that you wanted you got to see luke with a green lightsaber at the peak of his powers in the mandalorian and i do yes. think you know for now he can luke, never fucking show up yes. again sorry i agree sorry. i completely agree and and that's and that's it's because if he showed up you would have to have conflict with him and if your idea of luke like i said is that he's perfect there's no conflict with him anymore like he was brought to be like the savior character in the mandalorian just like effortlessly just mowing down like dozens Mm -hmm. and dozens of like this unbeatable like battle droid like i mean you get him and he's off yeah and 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 yeah. Fair, just a point to that as as cool as that scene is i felt exhausted by the end i was over it and i will say the the kylo ren fight in the sand is a more interesting compelling luke skywalker fight than the massacre at the end it's of the it's more interesting but mm-hmm. action wise and just wish fulfillment wise it's not and look i i think that's probably why john favreau wanted to do that you know just to satisfy you know the people that are still like up in arms and i think he he, he accomplished what he was set out to do yes people are, i do too people are going to continue to be invested in star wars rather than just like be done with it um so yeah, yeah I, i'm still i'm wrapped up in it but, i love it but so much. all right so we're gonna go through just the movie now and, and like i cool. said like we'll we'll just cut we'll cut around if, if it goes on for too long i'm gonna just tell you the things that i like um and feel free to chime in with anything that you agree or disagree with or that you want to add um first of I all this. this uh so it opens with like um a really really awesome uh space fight probably the best action scene like in the whole movie peaked early in my opinion but um <laughs> So Rose's sister is flying the bomber, right? And yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, you find out more about that later. But what I really like about this is for five minutes, she is the main character in that movie. Yeah. You know, and the stakes are so high. If she isn't able to like, you know, catch the remote and release the bombs, then everybody dies right there. And it's cool because like they make the um and this is a big like you know point that i think ryan johnson was trying to make with this movie that anybody can be a hero anybody can like use the force mm-hmm. i think that the force is what helped her catch the remote and i absolutely you know? agree um, yes. and i think that's what he you know was proving at the end with like the broom kit or whatever which we'll get into and i think that's really yeah. cool because like um i haven't seen like you know we haven't had investment in like you know the regular rebel soldiers um 
Right. Arguably ever. I mean, Rogue One did a great job, but like those were the main characters of the movie. I'm talking about like secondary, like minor characters. Like I think um, the space battle in A New Hope did a pretty good job with Biggs. Like at least like Luke has like you yeah. know, a, a friend from childhood. One friend. One friend. Let's just get him in and we're killing him. We're going to kill him immediately. I think they did a pretty good job with him. Um, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, you see Luke kind of be sad, but then he has mm -hmm. to like go on with the mission. But you also, you have this, the, the red leader who's like, leading the first X-Wing run and fails to blow up the Death Star, you know, he kind of selflessly dies. Like, Luke offers, like, him to, like, come back and, like, they'll cover him. But he's like, no, Luke, you guys got to get set for your attack run. I've mm -hmm. lost my starboard engine. I Levi is so into Star Wars right now, so they're all very fresh in my mind. Like, I am this much of a nerd, but, like, right now it's coming off, like, every hole in my body. So I do apologize. Um, no, I love it. <laughs> um, but I do think, like, this did a good job of at least making you care about about like these minor characters um and like totally. i said for five minutes like that's her movie and like um and then obviously and bill you've made this point to me a lot you see the ramifications of what post yeah did. you want to so talk about that well yeah it's just it opens with like a, a a typical space battle in star wars where the good guys throw all their ships and they they have un insurmountable odds but they they destroy the big ship anyway and they it's a victory and then it cuts to Leia and Leia is looking at how many ships they've lost to take down this big ship. Yeah. And that's, that's where the, the there's a theme in this movie. I think that's a little bit about toxic masculinity and Han Solo's disease, yeah. which is the single gunner going to save the day by himself by doing a crazy thing with no regards to what gets destroyed in the process. Totally. And that is one of my favorite arcs in the movie is uh, Oscar Isaac's arc mm -hmm. is Poe's arc where he has to go and learn that being a good leader means taking care of people, not just causing as much destruction as he can, right. which is why he thinks he wins that space battle because they destroyed, destroyed the giant ship. And then he gets back, Leia's like, you piece of shit, which is, oh, I love yeah. Carrie Fisher. This well, movie. I, She's so that was going to be my next point. It was going to be, I just wrote down Leia so old. Um, <laughs> because Carrie Fisher was old when they made the movie. Like you don't need yeah. to make Leia like the way that we remember Leia. Like what I like yes. about you know, what like they did to yeah. Leia, it is so smart because, to me. I mean, her whole vibe. Well, she just gives off just like this sense of like reverence and everybody, the actors do a really good job of kind of like looking to Leia. Like she really is like a God in a way, yeah. or just like, yeah. you know, the, the person that could do no wrong, which, you know, between all three of like Luke Han and Leia, she was the one that stayed true as to what she stood for in the original movies. And it's just really cool to see like, you know, that even if she's like, what, 80 now, she's still, you know, I mean, she's, I mean, I hate to, I hate this is, I'm so sad. Yeah. She was like 60 when they filmed totally, this. Like, totally. Yeah. Straight up. Put Carrie Fisher just, uh, yeah. uh, you know, live, live a little she, rough. She, I love her she, so much. she did her thing. Yeah. But, but she's very uh, good in this time. movie. And I, and I like and yeah. I that a lot. Like I, you know. Well, yeah, let's so so I've got that arc with with Poe, but then there's there's all these the the arcs that I really like in this movie. Um uh uh are um Raze is Raze is pretty good. Yeah. Um I I think they were setting her up for a big finale that she never got, Agreed. which is really upsetting. Yeah. But uh um uh I like Rose's influence on Finn. I like Finn's realization that the universe is not black and white. Yeah. Um and then uh and this is why Rise of Skywalker hurts so bad. I really like how this this trilogy started to be about the cycles of fascism and how it goes away and comes back. Right. And in this movie, we see Kylo's descent basically into like full neo-Nazi piece of shit war criminal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that it's done 
so slowly and he thinks he's the good guy the whole time i think is really interesting and really compelling it is those are probably my, my favorite beats in this movie yeah. are those those instances do you like yeah. kylo ren dagny what do you think of him as i think he, i like him i think that they uh the movie that must not be named i think they trashed whatever <laughs> could have been really redeemable with him yeah this whole um, podcast is not assuming redeemable. rise of skywalker never happened <laughs> rise of skywalker yeah. never happened well no it's just but it's, i just uh, yeah the, i like yeah sorry Dagny. oh no i i think i like kylo ren i think it could i think he could have been uh even better but also i just think adam driver's great i and he did so the good. best job he could with what the story that they gave him yeah. and I yeah. overall he's I think he's a great character and I think it could it, I just I think it could have been better and they lost an opportunity um by trying to appease people in the last one but right. specifically in last Jedi I didn't mind his the his character like in general yeah. like what happened with him I enjoyed it I thought he was a fun yeah. villain It's sad and it's justified because in his mind like he woke up and he saw Luke about to kill him and so yeah. like if he if everything leg- he does is justified Yeah I mean this legendary you know character and savior of the galaxy is like about to kill you so i mean like you must be mm-hmm. in but, his mind like, oh i guess i am evil and i am a monster yeah. so i'm gonna try really really hard to be a monster obviously he is he does things that are very unforgivable but he is still like you know very much at odds with you know the light inside him as cheesy as that sound that's just kind of how it's like made yeah. to be in the movie you know when yeah. it comes to like Well, there's there's something really interesting about him that doesn't pay off in the third one, which is especially in this movie over and over and over, even in the first one in The Force Awakens, all of the good guys offer him help all of the time. And he spits in their faces in every instance. Right. I mean, we even get like like in this one, we have the amazing throne fight. And then as soon as the throne fight's it's over, favorite, he's like, oh, I can fight. seize power for myself. Yeah, it's myself. Exactly. I know Ray came here to try and save me, and that was the whole bribe I lied to get her here. Mm-hmm. But this is who I really am. Like, every time he has the power to not choose fascism, he's like, but what about fascism? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, But also him as a character, just thinking of him as like the grandson of Darth Vader, the son of Princess Leia and Han Solo, he's got a lot of entitlement. And I liked how like in the original trilogy, the Stormtroopers and the Empire, I mean, as much as um, uh, Lucas was apparently like mirroring them after the Nixon administration, they're like, they're very clearly Nazis. Like, it's like they're space Nazis. And this one, because he's got this sense of entitlement and he's white in this very diverse universe, he gets to be the neo-Nazis like with their tiki torches. Mm. That's what I've always felt Kylo is. He's the whiny little boy who thinks he's entitled to power because of who his parents are. Totally. And kind of because of his inherent whiteness. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a really, I think that's a big metaphor in this film in particular. I think that was very, I mean, it's obviously very relevant today, but like, you know, back yeah. that year when that was and really kind of covering yes. the, you know, narrative of just, you know. And the then Rise of Skywalker went, but what if this neo-Nazi was our hero? And what, and if, what they... if we make all of the male leads of color supporting characters so that this <laughs> Nazi can get a redemption arc? Exactly. Sure, that won't be problematic at all. And then he gets a little kissy at the end. <laughs> and then he gets a little kissy. <laughs> give him a little smooch. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, look, as you can tell, like, I enjoyed the movie a lot more this time. And, you know, the, the, yeah. the last yeah. time I saw it um, was when you and 
and Baron Alley came over to watch right before we went to go see Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I enjoyed the it a lot night more. Before. Yeah, like I had just seen Knives Out. Um, I I was clearly like you know very like pro Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker, and I didn't want to hold anything against him. Like during that viewing, I just wanted to look mm-hmm. at it like you know just as a standalone film. And I enjoyed it a lot, but like, you know, the stuff like the Star Warsy stuff that I still feel like I didn't get, I was still a little bitter about. But now that <laughs> Mandalorians happen, we had like the scene with Luke. Right. And like, I mean, now I'm just able to look at it. Like, if they wanted to keep the story going, like, this is how you have to do it. You have to turn. And I, and I keep going back to Luke because I do think, you know, if, if, He's he's ninety nine percent of the people who have a problem with this movie. He's their issue. I think everything yeah, else yeah. is probably fine. I don't think anyone dislikes Ray. I don't think anyone dislikes Kylo. The people that dislike Rose and Laura Dern, like I mean, they're they're just they're not people. They can they, get they out. Suck. They can get the fuck out. <laughs> um, they just have bad yes. taste. Yeah, like they don't count. The people you know, like me for a while, were upset that like you know they're. So I mean, that's the thing. Like sometimes you need like a pure character in a story. But I do think mm-hmm. that, like, the story has to be, like, this is the beginning of the story and this is the end of the story. Like, I think that's why Gandalf works. I think that's why Aragorn works. I think that's why, to, like, some extent, Superman and Captain America work. Because sometimes you can have the people that aren't corruptible, that will never change. Because people do like looking to, like, those heroes. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that yeah. obviously an impossible thing to, like, attain in life. But, like, that does hold resonance with a lot of people. Just the idea of, like, you know a superhero like a superman i think that's why people had a big you know problem with superman killing zod at the end of man of steel that was like the biggest thing it's like superman shouldn't he should be above that yeah he should be powerful yeah. enough to be above that and people you know had that expectation i think with luke and it just brings back to my point mm-hmm. like well then it should have been over after return of the jedi if he was mm-hmm. that there yeah then been... you never make sequels yeah exactly <laughs> so um so luke doing what he does in this he basically becomes um arguably like what obi-wan and yoda were like you know yeah i just rewatched all the prequels i those movies like i i've, I've started to just kind of enjoy them for what they are yeah, but there are fine. like <laughs> obi-wan and, and like yoda are very interesting like at the end of episode three in particular because they fail catastrophically like i mean like it's it's like obi-wan could not have been a worse mentor because he yeah. led to the destruction of the Jedi. But we don't yes. like we don't hold Obi Wan to the same standard that we hold Luke to. But we no, love no. Obi Wan. Obi Wan is mm-hmm. like, and it kind of like makes you think like, well, did he help Luke in A New Hope because he in a way was seeking redemption, kind of like Luke in the yeah. movie is like, well, I messed up, so I, I can make these this right now at least. And, I mean, and, I mean, what a power move to get Vader's son to be the train him to take him down. It's mm-hmm. like it's a little. I mean, I also because um, Alec Guinness was gay, I have this like headcanon that we should just like let Obi Wan be a gay character. I didn't know he was and gay. I love what, what the hell, Alec Guinness? Oh, I'm a yeah. moron. Oh my god. Yeah. That's awesome. So I love. That's why whenever whenever you and McGregor is like, mm, you know, smug Obi Wan. I'm like he's just like a sassy gay asshole <laughs> and like i just i feel that's I, that's why i really like the scene on in the new hope where he's like he's like hello doth like it's just like you know when he finds Darth Vader, there's a little bit of that where he's like i'm gonna fuck you up you oh stupid queen gosh. because of what you did to me i am a moron i don't know how i didn't know that that's awesome yeah um, but yeah, yeah that's what i really i mean it's not gonna happen but there's a part of me that's like yeah. disney plus obi-wan series make him gay well, and, 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 and that's the thing like if they want to keep star wars going luke has to become on the level of Obi-Wan and Yoda because it becomes like the Superman problem, why it's so hard to make a good Superman movie. Like if Luke is just around and he exists and he's all powerful, then he's just going to show up at the end of every movie and save the day. Like he can't do that forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. without and, a, without vulnerability, 
But yeah. wow, vulnerability yeah. in any character, you don't, there's a layer that you're missing and it's easy to lose interest because it, yes. it it's by no fault the actors, but without any sort of conflict, it just becomes one note and it's not fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. if they didn't give Luke conflict, people I think would have just not cared anymore. They'd been like, okay, right. he's a perfect savior. Let's look yeah. at this other yeah. story. And instead we, he had to redeem himself over the course of a single film and yeah. then give us like the biggest Jedi power move that's maybe ever been in any film. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the biggest thing. Like, you you kind of get to have your cake and eat it too when you look at it you know from a certain point of view that, <laughs> you know i talk like props to ryan johnson for just making possibly the most meta movie ever mm-hmm. like yes. he knew that people wanted the legend of luke skywalker but like because of what jj abrams had established that he's obviously not that obviously the temple thing failed he still in a way gives us and that galaxy the luke that you know we all thought like i mean and that's i mean what a pro- yeah the end like, the force the force yeah. projection when he shows up he yeah. looks younger he's yeah. got the he oh he doesn't have the green lightsaber he's the blue lightsaber it should have been so green it's, it's, but i know why and i and you it's to tell, piss off kylo I get everything it. everything I get it. yes but just i knew yes. we all knew right away anyone that has watched a star wars movie before knows like well something's not right with the and, and look i get like you know because he does this thing where he steps to the side and no none of the salt moves and so mm-hmm. like you know there's hand stories there but that was too obvious like they just give him the green well i right? well i think i think he has the blue lightsaber because kylo doesn't know it's broken in half and ray to take both parts with her i guess so when luke shows up he's already pissed that luke's there yeah kylo believes that because that was vader it was anakin's lightsaber yeah. he believes that lightsaber is his birthright yeah so luke showing up with the good beard the good jedi robes and that fucking blue lightsaber that he thinks is his birthright everything luke does in that last scene is just to piss kylo off because he knows when he's angry he'll make a mistake yeah and i guess he picks story over like a satisfactory like audience reveal which i guess it's a a bold choice and and, you know i I can i can be okay with that i agree with that um gosh what else i mean there's there's (laughs) should we talk about i think because there's one thing that i've i've kind of come around to other people's opinions but i still like it should we talk about the casino planet (laughs) <laughs> still still there's there's parts of that scene that are okay but it's still definitely the weak point of the movie i yeah it's like the the message they're trying to send with the casino planet is very important and very good but yeah. then you have to remember it's like oh you remember how like 11 year olds are gonna see this movie that's why we have a horse race through the streets of this casino city like yeah. that's it's just fun it's just visually fun it's yeah. all it's it's other than showing that the star wars universe is not black and white it is yeah. shades of gray but if you're other looking at that, that whole sequence is just well, fun. And, and if you're looking for a visually fun scene put in another action sequence instead of like yeah. a deer horse chase <laughs> you know let's just have them run into like you know a group of thugs or something and you don't like or, the, the giant deer horse dogs i, I really don't I love them and like what the hell like they let they 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 the, their big moment is like go be free in the wilderness the guys fucking have spaceships they can go catch them <laughs> in five seconds if they really want more horses they were literally chasing them with spaceships they think that like yeah. oh they're running into the wilderness there's no technology to be like okay well there they are this is a minor inconvenience i wanted to go to bed but I guess <laughs> now i'm gonna extend my shift by 30 minutes and go catch these deer it's just kind of an annoying like farmer like you know problem but they're like, yeah, oh, hey, we did a don't good poke holes in it. Don't poke yes. holes. And who knows? Like, I mean, Finn's probably cool. Like, if they did trample like some spoiled rich kids during that chase, like you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't talk about that. That could have been interesting. Like, you know, maybe they show, broke a car. Maybe show that like rich people aren't like all terrible. Like, there are kids, and there's probably good people that just you know 
or yeah. the Oblivious War. Yeah, but it was it it was still it was that thing that Star Wars had almost done with the prequels, but never quite did when they show like cor- like the gross parts of Coruscant. Yeah, it's it it. There's so many things in this movie where the Force Awakens just exists within Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again, the Last Jedi makes Star Wars bigger. Yeah, which is so impressive yeah. to me. That's Every cool. single scene adds something to the universe that was unexpected and wasn't there before, and I really appreciate I that about it. I, and that brings me back to like, um, well, I think it's really cool that people like Laura Dern and Benicio del Toro are in this movie. Like Tell getting us. Benicio to do this movie in a way is like getting Brad Pitt to be in a Star Wars movie. I mean, he's he's yeah. huge, and he's yeah. he's he's making some bold choices. But like, I really liked his performance this time around, and I think we've talked. About it's this weird. Before. It's so like, weird and so yeah. cool. Well, and it also just shows you that the rogue, like the Han Solo character, isn't always going to go the side of the good. He's going to go whoever gives him, you know, the bigger payment. And I think that's an interesting. It's thing. that same. Yeah. It's that same thing. It's like, version. It's smart. Um, well, and then on top of that, on top of the like Han Solo thing, which is also like Poe's arc of like always being the masculine bravado guy. On top of that, the the people making the choices in this movie, the big choices are three women. It's Rey, uh, Holdo, which is Laura Dern, and Leia yeah. when she's conscious. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and and Rose, even Rose is is driving Finn's whole arc. Yeah. yeah. And so I do like that we've got these these women making these decisions and driving this plot, and the men making mistakes, and the mistakes are kind of driven by masculinity, sure. which I even think like Luke being like, "I fucked up. I'm gonna go hide on a fucking island on this planet no one's heard of." Yeah. Is also him just being like, "I was supposed to be the best boy, and now I'm banned." <laughs> like it's, and and when all of the male heroes succeed in this movie, it's by overcoming that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, right. Finn overcoming the su. I mean, God, the fucking suicide run. I like more and more every time I watch That's it. Good. When Finn's like, yeah. "I'm gonna save the day by killing myself," and Rose is like, "But then you'll be dead." Yeah. <laughs> like it's such a it's it's, it's so such good. a cool point that I don't think Star Wars had ever bothered to make before. But I love. Do you think? You know, and I never thought about it before. But going back to like her sister giving her life in the beginning scene, do you think that's kind of motivating, like that decision? Because. It, it, it was interesting so. to me because, like, well, her sister died a hero, like, you know, blowing up a Star Destroyer so they could live another day. Like, that is what Finn was trying to do. Do you think she just assumed that they were going to be okay? I mean... Well, it's, it's, over the course of this movie, and this is something that, that doesn't... Uh, it, this movie is very dark. We get... De- heroes are dying yeah. continuously from beginning to end. Right. They're just murder When they're all escaping to crate and they're shooting at the transport ships, it's like, well, that's 40 dead people. That's, each time. that's all that's Finn's insane. fault. That's all the plan's fault. Yeah, they would have been Finn's fine. Yeah. That's all. That's it's crazy. The boys keep fucking yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, and, and when they get to crate and there's like 20 of them left, mm-hmm. Rose, Rose starts to realize, I think pretty profoundly, that if all the heroes are dead, then there's no heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's no, if we're not fighting to keep ourselves alive and to keep this idea of peace and hope and justice alive, yeah. then what's the point? What's the point? Right. And, and I mean, that's the, that is the, what is it? The thesis statement of the movie. And I think also the thesis statement about fighting fascism yeah. is that's how we win this thing. Not by destroying what we hate, right. but by saving what we love and her act of saving Finn, even though it would have bought them time, even though it would have been like, what, like 35 seconds. Yeah, know? exactly. Even though it would have bought them time 
it's more important that he's still alive. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I, that was one thing I didn't like. I, there's a lot. I didn't like the initial viewing and it, it does speak to this movie, you know, it's rewatchability, just how much more I'm enjoying it every time I see it and how much more yeah. I'm picking up on. It's a big thing. Cause to that same, I know you've got a thing, but just really to that same point, <laughs> Laura Dern does her suicide run, which is amazing. And she blows up all the ships uh, and that cool comes one. from a, that is um, whereas and this is terrible to say, whereas Poe's crazy run and Finn almost killing himself come from a selfish place. Yeah. I really believe this. Finn's right. like, this is me getting, this is my gl- going out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. Hers was entirely practical and it's it's the last the option she has. And she by can. doing it, she saves right. tons of lives. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a very clear parallel to the mistake Finn makes at the, sorry, Poe makes at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Oof, this it's, fucking movie. It's it's really good, man. And like, you know, I, I I'm glad that, you know, I've been able to to revisit it with like, you know, a more optimistic um point of view, because like I really didn't like it at first. But like the more I, I know I, I mean there's never easily been a Star Wars movie that makes you think like this one does. And it's insane that they didn't let Ryan Johnson come back and do the last one. Like imagine, imagine if Empire Strikes Back came out, the audience is like, oh my God, Luke lost the fight. He lost his hand. This is his dad. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. And then like they mm-hmm. get Chris Columbus to come in and write the screenplay and direct it and be like, yeah, Han didn't really get frozen. In an alternate universe, instead of directing the Dune movie, David Lynch was offered um, Return of the Jedi. Dude. And David Lynch is a crazy man who I love. And yeah. I think his Return of the Jedi would have been insane. But yeah, it's insane. like, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, I guess, because we have been going for over an hour. Um, yeah. But just to, to, to we'll, we'll get a few more points in here, but just to touch on Rise of the Skywalker, it just felt like where The Last Jedi made every surprising choice. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker makes every predictable, boring yeah. choice Agreed. and then pretends it's shocking. Yeah. And because of that, the characters suffer for it. Yeah. Um, and and then, like I said, by making Kylo the main character, the white boy who's been a neo-Nazi, you mm-hmm. make the other, the real main male lead, which is Finn, the black man, you yeah. make him a supporting character. And then maybe is your movie pro-neo-Nazi? Sorry, JJ, don't, he's never going to cast <laughs> me in anything. But like, that's... That's the problem I have with Rise of Skywalker at its core is is the narrative goes to is literally you know those Nazis who want you dead. What if you like kissed them? Yeah, it's like okay, then they that they I'd be closer to them for them to stab me. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah. it justifies a lot of stuff that or yeah, you basically said it. Just like yeah, Kylo. Yeah, and especially with with Kylo's arc in Last Jedi being fix him, Luke saying. <laughs> You want help? And him going, no. And Ray going, I'm here to help you. And him going, no. I think they should have just continued that until eventually he's like, help me. And Ray's like, why? Mm -hmm. Like at this point, that's, that was the very clear arc I saw for Kylo was him doing the reverse Darth Vader, going to no redemption. And finally, when like, just to the point where Ray would just be like, everyone has offered you a hand and you slapped it away and spit in our faces you cannot be trusted you maybe just are this person right and instead they were like oh soft boy so pretty blue lightsaber no one thousand percent like that is absolutely what it would have happened Mm -hmm. if he kept directing yeah which he should have um well so i guess like the main thing that you know we touched on a little bit but i think ryan johnson's like whole like point was for this movie you know kind of how we talked about the Mm -hmm. force really you know not belonging to the jedi luke even has a speech yes you know the vanity to think that power is theirs it's vanity and like it does belong to everybody because that's how it is it's 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 really good it's probably the best scene in the movie like when it comes to you know 
the mythical the, the, stuff. Their story and the mythical <laughs> stuff. But um, yeah, just let's just talk about Ray and her being nobody, assuming the rise of Skywalker never happened. Oh. And like, oh, let's, and, and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of bring it home with this, and then I'll just kind of bring up a few little things that I liked. But uh, so I mean. The mirror scene is like for one, like it's it's filmed really cool, like where like you know she's yeah. there and like she sees just thousands of hers, but like she knows it's like ending somewhere and how it transitions into her and like Kylo Ren, kind of like in a weird way finding this balance. I think like you know the balance to the Force is such like a vague term that was just kind of brought up in the original trilogy because it sounded cool, but yeah. like if yeah. you really want to balance, like you know clearly the Jedi it didn't work for thousands of years. They were always at war with like the Sith, with the empire, with the droids, whatever you want. I mean, like it, it was not working. So it makes sense right. that Luke tried it for a bit and was like, Oh wait, no, this is the problem. It's mm -hmm. because, you know, no matter what we bring up on the light side, the dark side is going to bring something just as powerful to like match us. So how do we make it gray? Mm -hmm. yeah. Bill, you'll probably be able to like speak to this more eloquently than I am, but just like, Ray having no parents was the right decision, right? Ray having no parents is the right decision. Yeah. The, 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 and the fact that they do, spoiler alert, but I don't give a shit. The fact that they, in The Rise of Skywalker, are like, Ray, you're Palpatine's granddaughter. And then the Why? camera is like, zoom in, what? Yeah. And I, we saw it in theaters together. Our audience that we saw it with was so unimpressed. Yeah. Like, I just, I think that was the beginning of the movie beginning to really go downhill because the audience was yeah. just like, because uh, yeah. it's not interesting. No. What is interesting is having this incredibly powerful force user who realizes how strong she is and then thinks, wow, maybe I have this connection to the universe and to all of these important people. Mm -hmm. And the universe going, no, this yeah. was random. This was an accident. Your existence was an accident. It's what you do with it. And then Ray, Ray having to overcome that is more interesting for her than finding out she's a Palpatine. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, that gives her a that that in a way gives her what she wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, now I know where I come from. Where I think I think someone I read once where it says, um, the worst thing that could have happened to Luke in Empire Strikes Back is finding out that Darth Vader is his dad. Mm -hmm. Like he gets his hand cut off and then he says, no, I am your father. And it like ruins Luke's whole life. Yeah. And he has to overcome that to be the hero we know and love. Yeah. Ray being told definitively, your parents did just leave you on this planet for no good reason. They were awful pieces of shit <laughs> and you're better than them. And But you do come from nowhere. If they had done like the Palpatine, Palpatine twist in The Last Jedi it still would not have been as powerful as her coming from nowhere. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's the more interesting choice for her character. And it's why it works so well in The Last Jedi and why when they try to reverse it in Rise of Skywalker, we're just like, oh, fuck. she already went through this. Yeah. It's more interesting. And I think yeah. for the most part, people were okay with that decision. I don't know a yeah. lot of people that were pissed that she wasn't a Skywalker or a Kenobi. I thought that was yeah. a very interesting choice. Like even like initially, that wasn't my yeah. Idea that we I didn't expect. I expect. I literally expected uh, Last yeah. Jedi to be like, oh, and Obi Wan Kenobi was your grandfather, and I was oh, oh, oh. Yeah. and then instead to be like, no, you're just a girl from a desert no. planet. No, it's really smart. It's like, great. like Luke is the last Jedi. Jedi's aren't going to exist yeah. after him. Ray's going to start something new, and then like you know, yep. you you have the answer to like you know, oh, I guess Luke in a way did and Anakin, you know, just like, you know, that whole trade-off became like, you know, them bringing balance to the force. I think Ryan Johnson really maneuvered it pretty perfectly with what he was given with. Um, yeah. And it's, 
it sucks, you know. I, I do. Think, you know, <laughs> I, I, know. I, I, th- I think years from now, people are gonna be like, "Man, what if?" And like, honestly, it feels more and more like it was a miracle that we got this movie, yeah. and that we're just lucky to have it. And yeah. it's, I mean, as much as as much as Last Jedi or uh, Rise of Skywalker hurts, it's and I still had it's hard for me to like go back to this trilogy because I hated it so much. <laughs> right. Um, it's yeah. a it's fantastic that we got this one, and I'm yeah. really glad we did. One of my, and I think I'll end with this because it made me laugh um maz Kanata was kind of weird in this movie um she's been yeah. alive for a thousand years and then like you know you have like a video game cut scene where she's giving information while like you know shooting people on like a vid screen yeah <laughs> yeah and she's like talking about and like you know maz is interesting maz is just kind of like the old grandma that you can smoke weed with and i think that's kind of cool yes. she's like you know different from yoda who's kind of like you know an old priest or rabbi you know that you kind of yeah. and maz is like you know been along just as long but just kind of like on the opposite like you know she's chill she knows a lot but just from like being alive cool character i would have liked to see more from her in this movie yeah it's funny yeah, I'd like agree. she she says she has this line when she's talking about like them finding the code breaker and she's like talking about like you know how smooth he is and like how handsome and like he he knows like his way with a blaster and like knows his way with like it's kind of alluding to the fact that like she's definitely like you know fuck this guy yeah and then, and, yeah. and then it kind of brings you back to like when in the force awakens chewie is like with the falcon and she asks han like where's my boyfriend like is she like just getting down with all these aliens like you know what that i buy i buy that totally. completely i thought that was interesting <laughs> Like go Maz. I want more Maz. I want like a show about her. Um, oh, yeah. Also, just give me Lu- Lupita. Lupita. Yeah, she give her a series. That, I'm interested. But and I, I just love that they were like, we've got Lupita in Star Wars. You know what we're gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Make her, her not, not the most like... stunningly gorgeous oh. thing you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, I was like, make her yeah. not look like herself so, at all. Yeah. She's so good in this sure. and everything. Everything. The, uh, the actors are incredible in this, and like yeah. even Rise of Skywalker, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, yeah. and John Boyega yeah. are awesome. And I, I, I my heart kind of breaks for John Boyega, Boyega more than any of them because yeah. you know after Last Jedi, like I feel like you know he did kind of learn his lesson, but I feel like his ultimate redemption was coming in the next one. And yes, really good. it was his big yeah. yeah. Because it's in the Force Awakens specifically, he is the male lead of this franchise. The He's lead of the movie is part of that Daisy movie. Ridley. I, yeah. yeah. Daisy Ridley is the lead of this trilogy and the male lead second billing to her is John Boyega and then he gets nothing totally. to do in the third one. Well, and no, I mean yeah, and Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. even worse. Well, I mean, she's in like what ninety it's, seconds it's, of the third one. What a it's, shit show! It's, it's unforgivable. So shitty. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we could talk another hour about last year. <laughs> we could, um, but I don't want to take all your time, especially since it took me four hours to get my computer working. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for humoring me. Uh, no, point is, great. I really like the movie now. Four years later, everyone, I do too. Most, Listen, the most optimistic it. thing I could think of to bring in today because that I like it. is a one eighty for we me in my opinion. And I haven't said it yet, but it's it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, for me, the S tier Star Wars films are uh, Empire Strikes Back and this one. Yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's my favorite. I fucking love Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I, I have in it. my living room. I have the. The Carrie Fisher, you know, where they're all in red, they did the character posters. I have the Carrie Fisher Last Jedi poster in my living room. Oh, uh, wow. My boyfriend got it for my birthday. Like, see that. <laughs> I'll show it to you when we're done. That's I'll awesome. hold it up to the camera. Yes, please. <laughs> well, Kevin, thanks for coming in. Thanks for bringing in one of my favorite movies. I thought you'd like that. Um, <laughs> we've reached the point in our program. Thanks to Simone. I'm going to just say program all the time. Simone on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. We've reached the part in our program where we're going to play our favorite game. It's called What a Pitch. Kevin, you know the rules. But if you're listening at home... 
Kevin has to think of a, a genre and an object of pop culture, and then Dagny and I will have 30 seconds each to pitch him the project. I have no idea who goes first. Uh, you go first, because go first? you went second last time with the Star is Born heist, which was so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm very proud of really really Kevin, are you? The, the Star is Born heist was my favorite one yet. It's going to be hard to top yeah. that. I got, I got I, something. I, tried. I was really oh. in the zone that um, day. Dagny yeah. killed it. All right, so I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> are you good to go? Because I'll take my headphones off. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Cool, Dagny, get your time well, out. Let's Kevin's do this. The one that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dagny doesn't have a choice. I have to. I don't have a choice in this. <laughs> right. All right. All right. He's off. All right. Okay, there's there's a timer on the computer. You're fine. You're <laughs> we, fine. I can watch the time go by. Dagny, okay. thank you yeah. so much for humoring us. By the way. No, um, I loved it. <laughs> I like, I need to go back and watch Last Jedi now because I think the only time I saw it was in theaters. And it's it's, it's a it's a very good rewatch. I'm like, yeah, it was fun like listening to all of it again because yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that and that yeah, I got to go back and watch it. Yeah. Um. So my my other love besides Lord of the Rings and Star Wars is the MCU, like everybody else. And I know mm-hmm. you guys were talking a little bit about that. Do you remember when Martin Scorsese said that he hated those movies? Yes. He doesn't like them because, you know, he doesn't think they're filming. He thinks they're kind of cheating. Well, I want a world where someone, you know, forced Martin Scorsese to direct an MCU movie. Um, I want to hear what, like, you know, an R-rated, like, Goodfellas kind of, like, Marvel movie looks like. And bonus points if you can cast and include Joe Pesci as one of the superheroes. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, man for a second i don't i do know i know a, a decent amount my brain because i watched of all the martin scorsese movies what is it called raging bull that's what i watched last year and that's the most fresh one i have on my mind so i am thinking more of like a rest not wrestling boxing that's what that movie's about right uh-huh. okay um so the main character of that movie i remember is a piece of shit so if we could just get let's say Captain America. We'll find vulnerability in that character. Make him that level. Billy, I'm not done yet. You're cheating. <laughs> You're putting your headphones back in. Um, so if we can make Captain America vulnerable like that uh, in Raging Bull um, and just watch him, I guess uh, I, oh wow, I went off the rails on this one. This wasn't good. But basically just he's not great and that's all I have. That was really bad. <laughs> I don't know a lot no. of Martin Scorsese uh, content. <laughs> no, I, I I really like it, and I kind of see where you're going. Okay, I'm glad you can kind of get the okay. the thought process behind it of no. like we circling back to have vulnerability in these superhero like superhuman perfect characters. If totally. I could see. Totally. Uh, no, that's a good way to bring it back. He treats his wife like shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's just a bad person. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. No, I have so much to say on that. Let's let Billy go though. Billy, come we'll... back. <laughs> That's all right, I'm here. All right, buddy. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm so ready. All right, so we're going off of um, the, I guess, controversial headline that Martin Scorsese says he hates Marvel movies. Um, gun to his head, he has to direct one and include it in the MCU, and you get bonus points if you can include and cast Joe Pesci as one of the roles. Go ahead. <laughs> Are we going? Yeah, yep, go. whenever you're ready. I mean, honestly, I think the, one of the clear options is to give him the Punisher, right? Ooh. And let him just make a crime film. That'd be cool. And I don't know, maybe maybe the Punisher has like this old mob boss who like made him mad and that's Joe Pesci. Or maybe like he's got like a dead mentor who taught him how to shoot good and that's Joe Pesci. We can get Joe Pesci in there. I think, I think Scorsese could do also, I mean, I think he could also do something like weird. I mean, give him like a cosmic story, give him like a scroll story. But yeah, honestly though, like a crimey, I changed my mind. I'm so sorry. My 30 seconds is up. I'll lose. 
But <laughs> I went over too because I I think my Scorsese knowledge is like not great, and I did my best. <laughs> I just had a I just had a better idea because he's such a New York filmmaker. The answer is he does a Spider Man film. Mm. That's it. That'd be okay. fun. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Scor- I'm so sorry. This doesn't count because I'm out of time <laughs> and I didn't think of it in time. But Scorsese does a Spider Man film. Joe Pesci is Uncle Ben. No, because fuck it. Do Miles Morales. But you know what I mean. Gosh. I think I think a Spider Man would be better than the. I was thinking crime, mm-hmm. so Punisher. But no, no, no. I think because he loves New York so much and the way he films New York, I think is so dynamic. Yeah. I think it would be cool to do a, a, a Martin Scorsese Spider-Man film. It's four hours long. <laughs> um, I, well, I'd like to see a 20 minute montage of just like a day in the life of Peter Parker, like in the way that's yes. like a long take of just like kind of him, like changing into the spider suit or drops off a mm-hmm. pizza or whatever. Like does, I think he could be, but it's I, all right. I'm kind of, I'm in a tricky spot because Billy basically changed his answer at the last time. So I don't know if that makes the Punisher stuff void or not. Dagny, no, no, that's still there. That's what. All counts. right, all right, all right. Dagny had a the very Spider-Man stuff doesn't count. I wanted to give Dagny like another minute because she brought up like something really interesting. She talked about like kind of a raging bull type of movie with starring Captain America, um, being like oh. being mean to his wife, which kind of led me to believe that is this what happens after he goes back to the forties really and reconnects? Really which, which is kind of funny because doesn't Raging Bull take place like around that time period? Yes, and he's like a boxer and he puts on like sixty pounds, like you know. Yep. Of course, I'd like to see a fat Captain America. He's got no one else to save. He's it's mean like to his wife, abusive. and maybe he has to go into like boxing. That'd be really. This bad. is dark, Dad. Okay. Uh, well, this is this is a lot of what I assume. She basically gave me yeah. like Captain America, Raging Bull. So I think just on details alone, I have to give it to Billy. But like, I do. I'm, I'm more I'm back after this, three losses in a row. Yeah, but no, that <laughs> three was losses in a row. But we're back. I really wow. hope he Thanks, does Kevin. one day. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I think he could do it. Um, I I meant to hype this up, but Dagny, yes, this is episode twenty. Yes. <gasps> oh my gosh, oh, yeah. that's crazy! Isn't that crazy? Twenty episodes. Kevin brought in one of my favorite movies ever. I talked yes. way too much, but thank you. I talked no, way I, too much, uh, and I am the guest. <laughs> <laughs> also, but yeah, twenty episodes. I, in, I, Dagny, going strong. Kevin, thank you for one being our number one fan. Also, don't yeah. ever think that you weren't like on the list of people from the beginning of who we wanted to be a guest. We yeah, 100%. by no means were you like, oh, Kevin's been listening. I guess we should have him on the show. No, but since the beginning, we've had like people we want to get on the show, and it was just scheduling and who was no, available. And Dylan said something really through. funny. Dylan wanted me to be like your matt damon to like matt damon where it's like oh we would have had kevin on the show but we, he couldn't make it and couldn't when dag or when you called me earlier and said that dagny had the flat tower i was like oh this is how it starts this is how it starts you <laughs> can't make it today you're busy the rest yeah, of the week today. yeah we'll, oh, we'll find a time uh i kind of love wow well, no i'm so uh, well thank you guys you. congrats on yeah, 20 episodes kevin. that's no small thank thing you. you guys are killing this keep it up i love it's it so i know thank everyone you. else is listening love it i think at 20 episodes in i should probably finally write you guys a review we would Ooh, love please. that everyone listen to a review gets us it, guys. and just type in the five stars and say these guys are great it takes five seconds yeah all you have to do is one sentence but the the reviews help yes they do Kevin, anything you want to plug before we wrap up well so there's other there's than a few Triassic things Hunt. on amazon front. so triassic Gun, first of all <laughs> I, I, I work with a, I work with a family. I train like these kids. I take them hiking and like running and stuff. And uh, they mm-hmm. all watched it recently. And they're between the ages of like seven and ten. And they loved it. They loved the movie. Like I feel like we marketed it wrong because like most of these kids don't have any connection with like the the blockbuster that our mockbuster is based off of. Uh-huh. So like yeah. they love it. So I would say like check it out on Prime. It's called Triassic Hunt. And if you 
have kids between the ages of seven and ten, they'll love it. Or if you've had between seven and ten drinks, you'll love it. <laughs> but nothing in between, nothing else. It's 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 something. Um, there's a, there's a Leonard Skinner movie called Street Survivors. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm in a little bit of that. There's like a big nice, scene after yes. the plane crash that I'm in. It's 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 another movie. That's that's a movie. And then I have uh-huh. one called Heaven coming out sometime in the next couple of months where I finally played Jesus for the first time in my career. Oh, I don't know where they thought that? Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 an interesting one as well. But uh, and then go check out America's Most Wanted on Hulu. I'm in the first episode of that. You're in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, look, I'm so proud oh, of you, Kevin. Cool, Kevin. All over. Or follow, yeah, and follow me on Instagram uh, at Kevin Keeling Fitness just to keep up with me or if anyone's looking um, for a trainer or some online coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a few spots left. I am seeing clients again, kind of like still at a very, very long arm's reach, but uh, we're getting back into it. So any health or fitness tips, bring yeah. them my way. Um, Billy and I have both have worked out with Kevin, and he's oh, a yeah. great personal trainer. Also, yeah, if you're looking fantastic. for a fitness Instagram with some of the best captions, they're always funny. Oh, it's, yeah. You're, Hilarious. You really kill it. Uh, Thanks, it's guys. fantastic. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it's, I can wrap up the show. Everybody follow Kevin at Kevin Keeling Fitness, correct? Is your Instagram? That's the one. Yes, and then check out yep. all of the wonderful content that he has been part of. Um, thank you so much for joining us again, Kevin. It's been thank such a fun both. time. <laughs> I'm so excited we finally got to do this. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, thank goodness. Well, all everybody. All right, Dagny. Take yes. it away. This has been Poptimist. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, like we mentioned, um, feel free to subscribe, rate, review, comment, all of those things that helps boost our listeners. Um, and thank you if you've been listening. And if you're new, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, also, feel free to email us at poptimistpod at gmail.com and send us your hot takes. We would love to have them and we will say them on the episode if you would like. Yes. Um, or just if you want to tell us, Billy and I can chat about it off air and joke that it's funny um but uh that's about it so email us review all those great things but uh everybody say goodbye oh goodbye goodbye Goodbye. thanks for being on what i think is our longest episode ever kevin (laughs) 